Friday, everybody. This is Steph Lee, the founder of Host Agents Reviews, and I have a very enthusiastic guest with me today. Our co-host is Chris Green, the director of network expansion over at Avoya Travel. Hey, Chris. Hey, Steph. How are you? Happy Friday. Good. I'm super excited because your voice is just so like, I don't know, it's just very naturally like a radio voice. And so I'm I'm very excited to have you on. Uh, I feel very professional now. Oh, good. I appreciate that. <laughs> Yeah. So um, for those of you that are joining us for the first time, the Friday 15, we have every Friday at 12 p.m. Central Time. And it's where we answer your industry questions. So if you are listening and you have a great question that you've always been wondering about, uh, you can go ahead and submit it at hostagencyreviews.com slash Friday 15. Um, and today we've got three great questions that have come in. And, um, you know, Chris and I are just going to kind of share our perspectives and thoughts on things. So let's jump into our first question. Cool. So this one comes from Candace. Hi, Candace. So hello, I've read so many articles. My head is spinning. Mm -hmm, we've been there. Um, I have two or no, 10 years experience selling travel as an agent with AAA, but I would like to start my own home agency, not selling airline tickets. My main focus would be cruise, all-inclusive, and Disney. Am I correct in looking at IATAN, or would a true number work? Um, I'm so lost. So I am financially stable, have my CTA, have my LLC, but I just don't understand the most basic way to receive commission from Disney, Disney as an example. Thank you for any help you can provide. Um, so there's, I, I feel like there's, there's two things in here. One would be, um, looking at the accreditation number. So when she's talking about IATAN, I-A-T-A-N, and the true number, those are accreditation numbers. Um, and then we've got the second question of like how to receive commissions from a supplier. So Chris, let's start off with, um, you know, when you hear Candace's questions, what are your first thoughts? Well, I mean, I assume that she's maybe asking about maybe should she get her own IATA number as well, right? Something that she mm -hmm. would be able to book directly with. And then the vendors are going to send that commission directly to her. And, you know, based on my experience, certainly an, an IATA number, a CLIA number, even a true number would allow Candace to get the most basic levels of commissions from most of the top vendors. Mm -hmm. But personally, like the lowest I, level. Right, yeah, at the very lowest care. level for sure. But personally, when I when I look at the question, I wonder if maybe given Candace's you know, experience, I mean, 10 years in the industry, she obviously knows how to close a sale. She understands the full cycle of, of the travel industry, that maybe the question she should be asking herself for her new business, is this the best and most effective way for me to be able to collect commissions from the vendors that I want to sell? And I think as she frames it in that lens, uh, Steph, I think what she would come up with is that she might be better off to do some research even right here at Host Agency Reviews mm -hmm. and look at the top host agencies because one of the big benefits for Candace would be a, sure, if she goes in and gets basic level of commission, right, say 10% from most of the major vendors, she's going to get to keep 100% of that commission. But if she joins one of the top host agencies and say even if her split on her commission is 80% versus 100%, but if that host agency is getting 15, 16, 17%, which I know at Avoya Travel is going to be our prime number um, and even above in some cases, that 80% of that higher level of commission is going to be better off for Candace in the long run than the bottom level commission she's going to get. And on top of that, with the right kind of partner that she gets involved with, they're going to offer so many additional resources that are just so hard for a small startup 
independent business owner to do on their own. They're, they're, they're time consuming, they're expensive. And when you're trying to do it just for yourself, you don't always generate the best results. So I think a little research and possibly a host agency might be the best way to go. But certainly if she opted to get a, an IATA or a CLIA or a true number for her own agency, she'd be in the game. Yeah, I, I think you bring up a great point. Um, and Candice, with your with your years of experience, you're definitely going to be able to jump in right away and go into things. But I would also recommend looking at a host, not just for the commission tiers, but also like you are very skilled at selling travel and know what you're doing, but running a business is a different thing. And so the host agency can provide this backend support for you. Like for instance, they're going to get you set up with all the suppliers, like having set up many times with a supplier it's like time consuming you have to send in the information you have to make you know you have to make sure that it gets set up um so just small things like that the host can help out with if you're located in florida um you know going with a host can save you hundreds of dollars on your seller of travel number because you can go underneath them um so there's there's just a lot of different reasons that i would recommend not you know if you go that accreditation route on your own Great. Um, but just remember, you can always start with a host and then graduate onto your own after you feel more comfortable and have a better feel for things. So I'm going to put a link in our um, comments and in the description that'll kind of go over. We have an article on travel agency accreditation options. There's kind of a flow chart for you based on what you're selling and what your goals are um, that will maybe help you out a little bit. And then the one thing I wanted to mention with the true number is, you know, and I should have looked this up beforehand because that was a smart person would have done. Um, but let me see if I can find it real quick. The the true number, the one thing to keep in mind is that I think with the Hyatt or do you know this, Chris, off the top of your head? Is it Hyatt or Hilton that you can't? Um, I know with? it has some limitations, but to be honest with you, because Avoya, you know, uses our IATA number, I'm not 100% versed in what limitations that you might have with a true number versus Clia or IATA. Yeah, and unfortunately, I didn't look it up beforehand, everyone. And so <laughs> just know that there are some limitations on where you can book and receive travel advisor benefits if you do have the true number. That's just something to be aware of. Um, let's see. And the the other thing I'm, I'm going to, in case you're not familiar with what a host agency is, Candice, I'm also going to put the link for that, an article um, going over that in the comments so you can take a peek at some of the other perks of going with a host just beyond the support and the, the higher commissions. Yeah, it's perfect because like just really quick, if it was a question that you had and you remember the Avoya network, you would have our knowledge base to be able to look at the answer. You'd be able to reach out to our network enrichment team, our mastermind team. So there's a lot of additional resources that the right kind of host would be able to help you with. On top of the community of advisors, it would be also able to help and provide some tips about things that they did when they made that same transition that Candace is making. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and for those of you listening, if you're liking what you're hearing so far, don't forget to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast, or you can subscribe if you're watching on YouTube to our channel so that you never miss another Friday 15. And with that, we're going to jump into our next question from Anonymous. So hello, I'm a newer travel advisor. I had some questions for you about charging fees. I was wondering if you knew how other advisors collected those fees. I was looking at having the option to pay it, wait, option to pay for it through my website, but was curious what others do. I appreciate any assistance and advice you can provide. So what are your thoughts on this, Chris? Well, I mean, I've been in the business a long time. And How long, Chris? 
um, 15, 20 years now. I mean, I was in it for part-time for a couple of years, but really full-time for most of the last two decades now. And you're legit. And I, and I worked, I worked at a wholesaler. I worked with a lot of top agents and I found that a lot of people struggle trying to close a sale above the cost of retail when they're new in the industry before they've taken the time to really make themselves an expert. And that a lot of times the, the idea of charging a service fee at the end of the day actually costs them money versus protect the value of what they're trying to do, which is bring value to what they bring to the table as a travel advisor. So I say caution, Will Robinson, you know what I mean? If you're going to jump in, especially if you haven't taken the time to really develop your skill set and become a true expert uh, on top of that. I mean, at Avoya Travel, we even market on our consumer website, avoyatravel.com, that we don't charge consumers fees for bookings for cruises or tours, not for changes, not for booking, not for cancellations. So, and the reason we do that is that, you know, we're really big on business intelligence at Avoya Travel and the numbers don't lie. We found that those trying to charge fees, they book less, they generate less in commissions and it's kind of counterproductive to what you're trying to do as an agency owner. Mm-hmm. And and I want to have you explain too, because Avoya's setup and infrastructure is a little bit different from other host agencies and that you have a very strong built out infrastructure for inbound leads from the internet. You do a lot of that um, online marketing to get those in. And so um, the the thing I want to touch on, if an Avoya advisor comes, because they'll often use your live leads programs, but they'll also come bring in their own clients. So if they would move to Avoya and decided to charge fees, would they be able to to their clients? Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? They run their business as they see fit, as long as it's done with integrity and professionalism. No issues whatsoever if they charge, uh, you know, service fees to their clients on any of the services that they would offer. We even have a way that they can run that service fee directly through Avoya Travel as their partner if they chose to do that. So yeah, for their clients, absolutely. And we do have an amazing live lead program. Um, that's different. So when I talk about on our website, I'm talking about the Avoya Live Lead Program versus the clients that come in from an affiliate as their own personal clients. Perfect. And um, so anonymous, one of the other things I wanted to bring up is, you know, if there are a lot of advisors that are moving towards charging fees, and so at least that's what our fee surveys have been showing. So I'm going to link to our fee survey. So you'll be able to kind of gather some data there if you haven't found that already on who, what people are charging for, how much they're charging for, just to give you some comfort with data, knowing that you're not way out in left field. Um, and then I'm going to link to an article on a guide to charging fees because there's advice in there from over 150 different advisors on the way they've charged fees, if they started charging them, how they kind of implemented them and told their clients about it. So it's a treasure trove of information if this is an area you're exploring. Um And then two other things I wanted to talk about. The first was um, be aware of the seller of travel laws if you're going to be charging fees. I'll link to the seller of travel laws and and service fees article that'll explain more about it. But there are some rules if you're using your host seller of travel number um, that you have to put any fees through them um, because you're using their accreditation number and that's who's registered with the state. So that's something to be aware of. And then the, the, you know, your main question was kind of like, you're going to put this fee charging thing on your website. Is that what other people do? And the answer is yes, definitely some advisors do that. Um, and I, I pulled up some data and I'm going to put a link in the comments to this. Um, but the, hold on, let me, I pulled this up and now the 
image is so small. Okay, so we we kind of pulled everybody when we do our fee surveys and we ask everybody, how do you process your fees? Um, so let's see, 40% um, went through a third-party processor like Stripe, Venmo, or PayPal. Um, the thing to mention with that too is, and I think especially now with all the chargebacks that are happening in travel with all the cancellations from COVID, travel is a very high-risk industry in the credit card processing world. And so sometimes it's very difficult to get approved with something like Stripe or Venmo, Venmo or PayPal. And I, even speaking from experience myself at host agency reviews, I couldn't get um, QuickBooks to process my payments because they, even though I never sold travel, it, they knew it had to do with travel, so they sure. wouldn't process my payments. Um, so yeah, about 40% do it through a third party. Let's see. 28% do it through the supplier's portal. So they'll give you an option where you can add on a service fee in there. 17% do it through the GDS, 8% through the host, and then 8% through other other places. Um, and then Chris, one thing on like if they do decide to go through Avoya, is that subject to the commission splits that you, arrangements that you have? It is. Yeah. Anything that's inbound is going to be subject to the commission split, whether it's the split for their personal clients or whether it would be the split set up for the Avoya live lead. So in that case, it would be. And we actually encourage them to try to find if they're legally able to a way to do that themselves, because it's going to be better for them in the long run, especially when they're talking their client base. But we do have the option if they want us to run it. Yeah. And it's very common for a host agency, if you are running the service fees through them, that the commission split is applicable. So, so also know that anonymous. Um, all right. Anything else on this one, Chris, or should we jump into our last question? I think let's jump into the last one. All right. So this one, we have a lot of shy people this week. This one is also anonymous. So I joined an MLM agency without knowing much about them. I have done some trainings, um, like for Disney agents. Would that transfer with me when I join a host agency? So Chris, when someone um, comes over to Avoya from somewhere else, do their trainings transfer? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be up to the vendor, but I haven't run into a vendor yet that didn't have a process that doesn't understand the ebb and flow of our industry, where it's not a fairly routine process just to reach out and say, hey, here's my credentials you have me under now, and I'm going to be moving to this. And there's probably a form you're going to have to fill out either on their website or something you'll have to send in. They upload your new information into their database, make that new thing their your primary and you're all set. So it's a fairly standard thing. And there's a lot of ebb and flow in our business. So it happens all the time. Yeah, very, very true. Um, and, and I just also want to touch on um, MLMs. If people aren't familiar with MLMs, that's, it stands for multi-level marketing. Um, other common terms are like pyramid scheme or um, direct marketing. Um, so there's, there's a couple different ways that it's described, but I'll put a link in the comments to our article on Travel MLMs, which explains what they are and how their business model is different than a traditional host agency or a travel advisor. And it mostly comes down to like when you do the numbers, um, MLMs will often have tens of thousands of agents underneath them. Uh, and the way that they work is their money normally comes in from recruiting others. Um, if you look at the percentage that comes from actual travel sales, it's very, very small per advisor. Um, and the main goal is to kind of bring on new people and to build this network. You know, you you come on and you recruit three people under you and they recruit three people under them. And before you know it, you're a millionaire. Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, obviously. It's just right. easy as that. Yeah, no, I already got my yacht waiting for me. You know <laughs> I, what I, mean? I know. Chris and I are going out in our yachts later. So, <laughs> um, but 
But then MLM, the, the one thing I do want to say is, you know, I'm really glad, Anonymous, that you've, you've found your way um, to this side of the industry. You know, I, I, I'm a big believer in not, sometimes there can be some ill will towards MLMs on the travel advisor side of things, just because of, um, you have a lot of people in there by default when you have, you know, 60,000 advisors, not all of them are going to be like top par. Some of them might just be dabbling in it and not doing that great of a job. Um, so travel advisors can feel like it, whoops, that it brings down kind of the, the term travel advisor. And so, um, but I think it's really important that there's a lot of people that accidentally come in this way and they think it's a very legit way to come in the industry. And so, and like, instead of shaming people, um, that we need to really be like, okay, cool. I'm glad you found this side of the industry. Let me show you how it works. Um, Absolutely. No, yeah. I always believe big congratulations just for, for having the gumption and that entrepreneurial spirit that you want to get involved, right? I mean, that's the, that's the first biggest hurdle that you have to overcome. So I don't shame anybody that has a dream of, of being involved in this amazing industry that, you know, that I'm part of. And I would certainly be happy. I'll give my email address if you don't mind, Steph, but it's chris.green, G-R-E-E-N-E, at avoyatravel.com. And anonymous is more than welcome to reach out to me personally. In fact, anybody watching can. I mean, I'm a, a you know open book, happy to be a resource and talk travel anytime they want. And just talk about what the potential is for the next steps and where they might want to go to evolve their business. Yeah, that's a perfect way to close things, Chris, that like people can reach out to you. And of course, you can reach out to me too with any questions. Um, but that's kind of the point of the Friday 15 is for those that are, you know, whether you're new or experienced, kind of being able to listen in and get this quick snippet over lunch um, on questions about the travel industry. And for me personally, like I'm always learning things, especially with co-hosts on. So um, thank you for coming on today, Chris. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. And for those of you, again, every Friday at 12 p.m. Central Time, um, we go live on YouTube or we drop it in your podcast feed. So to make sure to subscribe so you didn't miss our next episode. And that's it for now, everyone. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Happy Friday. Yay.